Welcome to New Teacher Center's COVID-19 Resource and Community Support Series. In today's episode, Kristen Wendell will share with us some learnings from instructional leaders across the country. Hello and welcome to Beyond Buildings Connecting Communities, where we engage school and district leaders in conversation around the hard work of meeting student and educator needs during these challenging times. I'm Kristen Wendell with the New Teacher Center, and today I'm speaking with Tara Tarango, Director of the Van Andel Institute for Education, located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So let's start. Can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your work at Van Andel Institute? Really, I guess I would describe myself overall as just a teacher advocate, you know, trying to do everything I can to really increase the way people view teachers and the difficult work that they do, but also supporting teachers and and doing this difficult, important work. Um, And currently at the Van Andel Institute for Education, we have both student programs, so after-school programs where we meet with students, field trips, and that sort of thing, kind of a little non-traditional classroom setting with students. But we also work with teachers all over the country um, and helping them create those classrooms where curiosity, creativity, and critical thinking thrive. Can you speak a little bit about those three C's and how you've been thinking about them with educators right now? So all those skills, I think, you know, are really shown to be important as not only educators, but every industry almost been thrust into how can we think differently about the way we work? How can we be creative and problem solve? So if there's ever a time where we realize those skills are certainly important, it's now. But I think we, we don't need a pandemic to know that. I mean, I think There's no way of knowing exactly what skills are going to be needed or what kind of like knowledge is going to be needed in future jobs because that's always changing. One of my mantras is we look at those things and if they were valuable 100 years ago and are still valuable now, then chances are they're going to be valuable 100 years from now. That can be really helpful for educators when they're trying to figure out what do I want to focus on right now? How do I bring something important out that I think that provides a really good lens for educators to think about. One thing we know about students is that content-specific instruction, whether in reading or math and science, is really important. And so if you think about um, science instruction in particular, what do teachers and school leaders need to be thinking about when they think about science in a remote setting? I think they just need to kind of first open their minds that, you know, it doesn't mean that we can't do science. I've heard a lot of that, actually. Like, oh, we, we can't get in there. We, don't, we can't get into a lab. Um, but there are a lot of things you can send out to students to do on their own. I'll give you just a quick example that's sort of fun. One of the things we did was a, a project called Prevent the Spread. Um, and we had kids at home, you know, if they can, they can get three pieces of bread, um, take one and rub it all over their keyboard, let's say, or some other dirty surfaces. Um, another one just put straight into a Ziploc bag and another one put hand sanitizer on their hands and then put wipe the bread. Um, spray it with a little spray water, put it in a Ziploc bag. A few weeks later, some really gross start, stuff starts to happen on some of them, but the kids get to see, you know, really the impact of hand sanitizer and how, you know, bacteria did not grow on the piece of bread that had the hand sanitizer. That makes a lot of sense. It makes me think about my science fair projects of old. I definitely did a lot of the like (laughs) different things in different places, right? And then you watch what happens. What about educators in an elementary setting versus a high school setting? How might that look different when they're thinking about sending science into the home? Um, They're completely different challenges, right? At elementary, the challenge most often with science is how do I fit it in? How do I make time for it? My best advice for that is don't think of it as an individual um, task in a silo. Try to do more project-based learning where you can have a cross-curricular project. You know, for example, like that Prevent the Spread project is fairly science-specific, but another one might be to kind of connect with a senior citizen and write a biography of their life. That's a project we do. And we thought, well, how can we incorporate science? Ah, let's connect them with a senior citizen that has the same birth month. They were both born in January. You can talk about the night sky and how the patterns of the night sky were the same in January, whether it was 60 years apart. So look for those places to connect science 
um, not as an individual content area, but to maybe something more cross-curricular. Secondary, it's, you're actually, it's a little bit easier because those kids are a little bit more able to kind of be self-sufficient in terms of doing their own research. Um, so again, I would say there, it's mainly about, um, you're focused on your science. It's not like you're not going to do science there. That's your topic area, but see how relevant you can make it. So you're going to have to rely on your students to drive their own learning. So the more relevant you can make it, something like what I was talking about with prevent the spread. You know, if they can think about which hand sanitizer is best, um, they're really making a difference. They're doing something for their families. What would you say to parents who have become science educators or to our caretakers who are science educators? What should they be doing with their children at home? First off, I would just say, you know, it's okay. Like, don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself. And I, I guess I would fall back on this is sort of an interesting, I'm not going to call it a study per se, but I... Um, the Van Andel Institute for Education, which is where I'm at, there is a correlate, a research institute, um, where there are researchers from all over the world that are studying Parkinson's disease, cancer, epigenetics, all sorts of really um, great science. And I actually interviewed all of the principal investigators, and I asked them, um, what does it take to be successful in your science lab? And only 5% of the answers had to do with science knowledge. The rest of it were things like we were talking about at the beginning, perseverance, curiosity, creative thinking, collaboration. So I say all that to come back to parents. And if you're worried about, I don't know science, how am I going to teach them the periodic table? Or, or how am I going to teach them, you know, whatever this physics concept is? Um, I would say, you know what? The best thing you can do to prepare them to think and act like a scientist is to make sure they stay curious. Ask them, what do they still wonder? Ask them, what would happen if you did something differently? Um, ask them those kinds of questions that get them to think creatively and think critically. Um, why do you think that happened? What's your evidence for that? I really appreciate that. That feels doable. I have a, I have a almost eight-year-old and asking questions and pushing the inquiry and keeping curiosity alive is much more doable for me than say memorizing the periodic table, right? Like that's just a whole different skill set. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about your organization and the resources and strategies that the Van Andel Institute for Education has been creating and sharing for educators at this time. There's a few things that we've done. One is that project I was just mentioning, Prevent the Spread. It's completely virtual. Um, in that project, the kids learn about the coronavirus specifically. So they you know, kind of separate facts from fiction. You empower them with some information. Um, but then they also think about what they can do about it. And they have a way to brainstorm that and look at the idea of a PSA. The next thing we did was something we just call keeping curiosity alive. Keeping curiosity alive is more geared at parents. Things that you can do um, at home to keep curiosity alive. Different science experiments you can do at home or different. A lot of it isn't, um, you know, kind of in the lab type things, but just going outside. How can you take a basketball game and turn it into a math exercise? For principals and administrators out there who are thinking about how am I going to prepare my teachers for a world that I don't know what it's going to look like next year, um, we are offering a free for needs analysis to look at what is it that your teachers are really skilled in? What are those areas that you feel like they might want some help with? Everything from, you know, remote learning sorts of topics to increasing critical thinking in the classroom or assessment and rubrics and grading and that sort of thing. Where can administrators find that? Our website is blueappleteacher.org and then there's a PD section. So in the PD section, you can explore all the different sorts of workshops that are there. And at the bottom, there's a link to that needs analysis. Do you all have any support or resources for leaders who are thinking about what does it look like to provide professional learning in a virtual space for teachers? Say our last three webinars were all about um, remote learning. One was just all about how to um, just kind of tips and tricks for, you know, which, what can you do in Google Meet versus Zoom and how do you do polls every 10 minutes, you know, then move from once you got the practical down to actually recreating those genuine and authentic learning experiences that you got into teaching for. But now what we're in the process of doing is we have project-based learning units, um, but they were created with an in-class, you know, environment in mind. 
So what we're doing over the summer to be ready in fall is for each of those projects have, if you are in a blended environment, here's the parts that can be done at home versus in class. And if you're in a 100% digital environment, here's how you could do it all at home or you know, send it out home. I think resources like that are really useful for teachers and for leaders as they're thinking about how are they going to either whether it's blended or virtual or in-person, really think about the supports for students as we're moving into the fall and reopening in whatever format that looks like. Yeah, I mean, the impetus behind them was really, you know, how do we support teachers? They want to do this sort of project-based learning, but who has the time to create all that and to find industry experts? How are you staying inspired to work through these challenging times? It's not hard to be inspired. I mean, I am on Twitter all the time. I just look at what teachers are doing. We also put out a, a monthly um, caught being awesome. So our this month's teacher, um, she's, you know, taking Disney songs and recreating the words and just making I miss you sort of videos to to her kids. Um, I'm just inspired by the teachers and administrators who are are truly making it happen, even though they don't know what it's going to look like. So they're having to create, you know, plans A, B, and C, because by the time they know which plan it's going to be, it's too late to create one. As we look to summer, where some schools are there now and, and other schools are coming along soon, how would you encourage teachers and leaders to find the space to recoup and rejuvenate while also thinking about the fall? I think that's super important. And I'll share a little um, failure story, if you will, you know, because that's a good thing to do. But it was really insightful for me, which was we have summer camps usually. And so we're thinking, well, how do we, you know, still provide such a great experience if we can't have them, you know, in, in class. And so we created what I thought was a great option. It's, you know, some virtual versions of these where the kids would come on in the morning, um, get sort of a science challenge. And then they'd spend most of the time at home, you know, sort of um, implementing that challenge. Maybe it's an engineering challenge or maybe it's a science experiment and then come back on to share. And so we are like, okay, that'll be good. We sent it out there and the response we got was not great not because the content wasn't good or not because the community didn't appreciate that effort, but they're just Zoom meetings out, any kind of remote learning out, any kind of, I have to you know, supervise my kid and doing this, like I just need to get my own work done. I realized like I would say, especially the first part of the summer, just give yourself a break. Can you provide your website one more time for us? Sure. It's www.blueappleteacher.org. Thanks so much, Tara. I really appreciate learning about the work that you're doing with the Van Andel Institute for Education, the resources you're providing, and the supports you're really thinking about for teachers at this time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Here at New Teacher Center, we work to disrupt the predictability of educational inequities for systemically underserved students by accelerating educator effectiveness. We're here to support you through this challenging and unprecedented season. Please visit www.newteachercenter.org COVID-19 for additional resources, communities of practice, and webinars to support you through this season. Be well.